0: we're listening to the sermon audio podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. If you've got a Bible, if you want to turn it on to John chapter 14 or open up a Bible to John 14, I want to meet you in verse 16 in a moment. This morning we're starting a new series uh, entitled "Erased." Whatever happened uh, to the Holy Spirit? You know, because a lot of times I think in our understanding of the Holy Spirit, or in our everyday Christian language, and just kind of our our faith walk with Christ, we tend to forget about the Holy Spirit. We tend to erase Him, uh, and I think there's a reason, a couple of reasons why we we do this. Uh, number one, we just we don't understand the Holy Spirit. We don't understand who He is, and we've, we've got a lot of questions, and we just think, man, this is, this is too hard, so I'm just not even going to think about it. Uh, or a lot of times what we do is if we see something we don't like, uh, we go to the extreme, and we kind of move to the other section. And so there's maybe a group that you uh, know that uh, maybe emphasizes the Holy Spirit a little too much in your opinion, or or maybe has abused some things in the Holy Spirit's name. And so you say, well, I don't want to be that group, and they emphasize them too much. So so I'm going to come over here and I'm going to de-emphasize them, right? And I'm not going to think about them or talk about them. And so what we want to do is just kind of get a biblical understanding over the next several weeks of who is the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do in our everyday practical lives as followers of Christ? And so this week I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your need for the Holy Spirit. Why do we need the Holy Spirit every day? Next week, we're going to talk about why we need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit helps us make decisions every day in our practical lives. And then in the final week of of February, final week of our series, Chris Clemens from the Way of Life Church is going to be here. I'm going to go preach there. We're going to kind of pulpit swap like we do uh, once a year, and he's going to talk to you about being filled uh, with the Holy Spirit and, and why that's important in your life to be filled with the Holy Spirit on an everyday practical level. So I know when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of questions that that might generate. Uh, So we want to uh, kind of respond to those questions and get those questions from you. And so this is going to be something a little different that we want to try to just be a little more interactive uh, together through the week. So here's ways through this sermon series, you can submit questions you have about the Holy Spirit, okay? Now stay on topic if you don't mind when, when I tell you how to do this. Right. Don't like write down questions. Can we have red carpet in here or anything? Okay. The answer is no. All right. Okay. (laughs) So here's two ways you can submit questions about the Holy Spirit. Uh, First, you can text the number on the screen. And this is going to stay up there for out all the slides this morning and text question. Uh, Once you hit send, you're going to get a link that's going to pop up on your phone. Uh, You can click that link. You don't have to fill out your name and email, but you can type in a question And then submit that that way. Or again, you can take that connection card that's out in front of you. And on the back end or wherever you want to write it, if you write out a question, just please make sure I can read it. All right? Uh, You don't have to put your name on it, but you can say, hey, I got a question about the Holy Spirit. Write it there. And at the end of our service... Uh, when you can put that in the offering basket. Then on Mondays, I'm going to get on Facebook, on our church Facebook page, and I'm going to record a video answering all your questions from that Sunday. All right, So you can go back and watch them later. So if you've got questions about the Holy Spirit, please submit them. We want to try to address as many questions as we can and answer those and and just kind of get a deeper understanding of who He is and what He does. Okay, so let's pray together uh, this morning as we get started in the Word. Father, we thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace. And Lord, as we talk this morning specifically about the Holy Spirit, we we thank you for Him. Uh, Lord, we need to know truth in our lives, and and we can't establish that truth in our lives because of, of who we are. We are people who have sinned against you. We've rebelled against the truth. We've rebelled against you. But it's through the Holy Spirit that we can come to rightly know who we are, rightly see who Jesus is, come to faith in Him, and understand Your Word. And so this morning, that's what we pray for. We pray for understanding, that You will help us understand the words that You have written. Father, I pray for myself. I I pray for clarity as I speak this morning. I need clarity in my mind. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit will move in our, our minds and our hearts individually, but collectively as a group, uh, that we may honor and worship you in all the things we do in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. So let's ask the first question this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? When you pick up into John 14, find verse 15. And in verse 15, Jesus says this. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper To be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Now, in John chapters 14 through 16, Jesus is talking about how He is about to leave. So he's telling them again, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm going to die on the cross. Three days later, I'm going to raise again from the grave. But now he's saying, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to ascend to the Father in heaven. And I'm I'm not going to be here physically with you much longer. Can you imagine the shock of that? Just think about that for a minute. The disciples at this point have just got to be losing their minds. I mean, Jesus is at the height of his popularity. Everywhere he goes, towns just swarm around him, right? He's got people constantly around him. They have seen his power through his miracles. They're seeing this popularity rise. They're thinking, all right, wait a minute, the kingdom's about to come in. And I've been walking with this guy and following this guy for three years. I'm going to get a good spot in his cabinet, right? I'm going to get a good job. I've left everything else behind in my life, but I'm about to upgrade. You know, remember the Jeffersons? I'm moving on up, right? And this is going to be wonderful. This is going to be awesome. It's all working out according to my plan. And then Jesus goes, I'm about to leave. You're not going to see me anymore. And I'm not going to be here anymore. Well, what? What? Wait a minute, what's going on? And that's their mindset as you come into John 14. But Jesus says this, I'm about to send another helper. Now your translation instead of helper may use counselor, comforter, advocate. I'm going to send another helper, another counselor, another advocate, another comforter. And he's like me. See, understand right there, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he's saying he's like me. He's got the same essence of me. Right? So when you think about the Holy Spirit, he's not a ghost. He's not a force. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is a person. Right? Now, we, we have in the Bible, the Bible says you know there's one God who reveals himself in three persons. Father, Son, Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is just as much of God as Jesus is and just as much of God as God is because he's God. Jesus has said he's another helper, another comforter like me. Right? And that phrase means to come alongside. He's going to come alongside of you. And notice what he's going to do. And notice again who he is. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and He'll be with with you. So first, He's this person. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's a counselor for you. He's like Christ. He's fully God. He's a person, not a force or a ghost, but He's the Spirit of truth. I love this phrase. One commentator said it this way. The Holy Spirit is truth because He reveals truth, right? He reveals truth because he is truth. And if you think about it today, don't we live in a a world, and it's not much different culturally of our day than the day of Jesus, but we live in a cultural time where there's a lot of different religions that go, well, we know truth, and our truth that we say is truth is maybe different than your truth, but we know truth. And isn't it funny that culturally, sometimes people say, well, Christians, you can't tell us what's true. You have no right to tell us what's true. But you know, every major religion makes a truth claim of how to get to God. Have you ever stopped thought about that? Every major religion, we're not the only ones. Every major religion says, here's how you get to God. And even if they say there's many paths to God, that's a truth claim right so everybody does it everybody claims truth we claim truth how are we saying we know truth how are we saying we know the way are we saying as christians we came up with this if you had to write the story of salvation is this the way you're going to write it well i'm not what about you are are you willing to give up your own child for the salvation of someone else I love you people, but nope, right? Right, would you? None of us would. How would you write the story of salvation? Well, I might write it a little bit more like the Hindus if it was up to me. There's many paths, just pick one. Maybe I'd write it like another group and I'd be a little more works-based, right? You got to earn your salvation. Why? Because I don't really like you and I know what you're like. And if I put it up to earning your salvation, I know you won't get in. So I'll be all right with that. Right? How many of us, if it was up to us to say, here's how you get to God, here is the truth, is going to write it like this. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. None of us. Right? How do we know this is truth? How do we know John fourteen six where Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father by, but by me. How are we saying that was revealed to us and we believe that? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, did you, did you see that in verse 17? Even the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it's neither seen him nor knows him. You know Him because He dwells in you. In order to know God, you have to know the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has to reveal that to you, that this is truth. This is the way. But notice another characteristic of the Holy Spirit. And I love this part, is He's always with you. Notice how He ended verse 17. He says He's going to be in you because He's always with you. Now this is a shocking statement by Jesus. I mean, if their mouths weren't already open and they were catching flies, they're doing it right here. Because right? if you remember in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would indwell people, but then he would also leave people. Right? And so King Saul would be an example. He, the Holy Spirit was on Saul, and then if you read later in Saul's life, the Holy Spirit left Saul. But what's Jesus saying here that's different? He said this Holy Spirit, this comforter, This counselor, this advocate, he's coming. He's coming alongside of you, and he's going to be in you. He's not going to leave you. He's always going to be there. So in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell believers, he indwells us as followers of Christ, and he doesn't back out. When God deposits the Spirit in your life, he doesn't withdraw him again. He's there for you always. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that. In every stage, in every moment, you carry the Holy Spirit with you because He's in you. Every time, every celebration, every happy moment you have, the Holy Spirit's there. Every dark night of the soul, every moment of depression, every time you get anxious, every time you get sad, the Holy Spirit's there. He's always with you. He doesn't leave you. So what does he do? If that's who he is, what does he do? Well, let's turn over to John 16 and let's start looking at some of the functional work of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, Jesus is continuing this theme of how he is leaving and how he is uh, sending the Holy Spirit on our behalf. And you pick up in John 16, look in verses 5 through 7. Jesus says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. So I'm going back to the father. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said this things to you, sorrows filled your heart, right? They're sad because Jesus is leaving. But nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. There's a part in verse 7 that really strikes me funny. I don't know if you saw it or not. But you notice Jesus said, It's to your advantage I leave you, and I send the Holy Spirit. Growing up, did your parents ever tell you, I'm doing this for your own good? Right? I'm doing this for your good. At the moment, you probably didn't understand it. You're thinking, well, this doesn't, I don't understand this. doesn't feel good. Right? Send for my own good. But later you might have thought, well, oh, it was for my own good. That kind of worked out. Jesus is saying, it's better for me to leave you in the flesh and blood and send the Spirit to be in you than me to stay with you. Now, if I ask you just anonymously this morning, who would you rather have? Jesus beside you or the Holy Spirit inside of you? I think a lot of us would probably pick Jesus beside us. Wouldn't a lot of us probably pick that? I mean, think about it. Having Jesus beside you would be cool, wouldn't it? You get the flu? He's got that taken care of. I got you healed right now, right? Just come on over. You don't even have to come on over. I could speak it in your healed, right? Right? Bank account's running a little low? Nope, no problem for Jesus. Food pantry's a little light? Hey, he can just take a little bread and fish and feed like thousands of people with that. No problem. Rainy day and you're tired of the rain. Just wake him up from the nap and he's going to make it sunny. How cool would it be to have Jesus beside us all the time? It would be awesome. But Jesus says it's better for me to go and send the Spirit than to have me in flesh and blood beside you all the time. So that means this. It's better to have the Holy Spirit inside of you than Jesus beside you, right? It's better to have the Holy Spirit inside of you than Jesus beside you because what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? Look in verse eight. It says, when he comes, so when he comes inside of you, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now that word convict, you may have a translation that says convince, right? So he'll convince the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they don't believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father. You'll see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit has a job and a function where he convinces us of things. And he convinces people of something, right? So he says he convinces the world concerning sin. So it's the Holy Spirit that reveals and defines what's sin in our lives. He does that through what the Word tells us. What the Bible tells us is sin. Now what does sin mean? Sin just you can understand it. real simply, sin's missing the mark that God puts in your life. Well, what's the mark God puts in your life? What do you aim at? Well, God says, "Here's what you aim at. be perfect. Love me perfectly. Right? Worship me perfectly. Well, how many of us can hit that mark? Well, none of us, right? We can't hit that mark. So sin's missing the mark. I mean, think about it this way. If you want the visual picture, it's like an archer who has the bow. And and he draws back on the bow, and his target is the bullseye. And he launches that arrow, and he misses the bullseye. What did he do? He missed the target. He may have missed the target by a little bit. He may have missed the target by a lot, but he missed the target. That's sin. All of us have done that. Romans 3.23, For we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all miss that target. And it's the Holy Spirit that shows us that and shows us our need for Jesus when He turns us back to Christ and when we miss that target. But notice also He concerns sin, but verse 10, He's concerning righteousness. You know, there's two types of righteousness found in the Bible. There's the righteousness of God. There's doing right things. Right? When you obey God, you do His righteousness. But then there's self-righteousness. Right? There's pride. Which one do you struggle with? Well, I struggle with pride, don't we all? I mean, isn't that the type of righteousness you and I struggle with all the time? It's pride. Right. And so what does the Holy Spirit do? He reveals, He convicts us, He shows us of our pride, of our self-righteousness. But then notice verse 11 also, He concerning Judgment. So he's revealing sin, he's showing us our self-righteousness, and then he shows us our wrong judgment. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. See, many people make a false judgment of Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit shows. You've made a false judgment of Christ. Before you started following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you make a false judgment of Jesus. You were saying, hey, I don't need him. I don't want to know him. And maybe that's you this morning. You're you're in that camp. You've not yet started following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit right now is telling you, follow Jesus. Start following Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. There's a lot of people who say, hey, I, I don't want Jesus. They're making a false judgment of Him. Why? Why do people do that? Why do people reject Christ? Why do people say, no, I don't want Jesus in my life? Well, that's because of the work of Satan. Notice what 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says. Paul says it this way. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Right? Did you see the work of Satan there? The work of Satan has put a veil over people's eyes to confuse their minds to where they don't see Christ clearly, where they don't come to know Christ truly. That's the work that Satan is against in every person. Let me confuse people about Jesus. Let me ask you this question this morning. Who's your greatest enemy out there today? Who's your greatest enemy? Honestly, who's your greatest enemy? Some of you might say Democrats. (laughs) They're my greatest enemy. They're trying to take away religious freedom. Some of you might say Republicans are my greatest enemy. They're out to suppress the rights of all people. Some of you might say it's the Muslim co-worker. It's the Hindu down the street. Who's your greatest enemy? Satan. And you and I have to understand that people that do not know Jesus Christ are not our enemies. They're being blinded by the enemy. They're being confused by the enemy. That's why here in our four by four strategy we say find four people that don't know Christ, and the next step is pray for them. Why do we want to pray for people who don't know Christ? Because the enemy is attacking them. The enemy's after them. The enemy is confusing them. The enemy has blinded them. So our enemy's not the Republicans, it's not the Democrats, it's not the Muslim, it's not ISIS, it's Satan. You and I are in a spiritual battle against Him. And so what you and I ought to do often is pray the Holy Spirit will get hold of someone's life and clear up the confusion so they know Christ by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Amen? That's the work we can't do that the Spirit can, is to help people make a right Judgment of Jesus. Well, notice something else the Holy Spirit does in verse 12. He guides us in understanding what's true. He guides us in the truth. Verses 12 through 14. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you can't bear them right now. I love that phrase, don't you? I mean, you got to mean that he's just been unloading on them, right? I'm leaving you. Hey, i got more to say, but you guys are processing a lot. We'll talk later, right? (laughs) Verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth for he'll not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll declare to you the things that are to come. He'll glorify me for he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has his mind. Verse 15 says, therefore, I said that he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. How do you know truth? How do you learn truth? Well, truth is learned by reading your Bible, right? That's why right now we're asking you to read through Luke and the book of Acts. How do you, but, but it's more than just reading it. I mean, you can just read the Bible like you read a novel, like a historical book. You could read and just put it down. But how does truth settle in your mind? How does truth settle in your heart? Well, it's reading the word of God. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you sin, to reveal to you steps you need to take, to reveal corrections you need to make, and then you do them, right? So it's reading, it's listening to the Holy Spirit, and it's obeying what he tells you to do. But how do we often read the Bible? How do we often read it? Well, I think some of us read it where we go, yeah, that's pretty good information. That part was really hard. I don't want to do that, right? I don't want to obey. i just read it. It was, that was a cool study, but nah, that that's too hard. I don't want to do it. Isn't going to a buffet fun? You ever thought about going to a buffet? Man, going to a buffet is fun, isn't it? You want to eat all meat? Eat all meat. Right? You want to go to a buffet and pay and eat nothing but desserts? Man, just help yourself. That's on you, right? You do whatever you want to do at a buffet. You want to hang out in the broccoli section? We will pray for you. Because we don't understand why. You're at a buffet, man. Skip the vegetables, right? Do what you want to do. Carb load all you want. Forget keto that day. I mean, do whatever you want to do at a buffet. How many of us treat the Bible like a buffet? How many of us do that? How many of us come to the word of God and say, "Eh, that whole love your neighbor thing, that's for somebody else, not for me. Ah, that whole obey thing. No, that's for somebody else, not for me. I'll just keep reading another section. The Holy Spirit guides you in truth, but truth only changes your heart and your mind when you obey what the Holy Spirit's guiding you to do. So do you and I need the Holy Spirit every day? You better believe it. Because listen, I wrote down a few things that you and I need the Holy Spirit to help us out with this week. Number one, we need the Holy Spirit to convince us of sin in our lives and point us to Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us into what's true. We need the Holy Spirit to love the person who's antagonistic to our families. We need the Holy Spirit to forgive the person who has wronged us. We need the Holy Spirit to help plead with our unbelieving friend to come to Christ. You and I need the Holy Spirit when we feel alone. When we feel depressed. When we feel anxious. We need the Holy Spirit in every breath, every moment of our lives with jesus christ and so this morning how do you have the holy spirit how do you get him well the first step is coming to know jesus as the lord and savior of your life and the bible says you got to come to christ place your faith in jesus to say i'm going to be a follower of jesus christ and when you do that the holy spirit comes and he indwells you and that promises he's always with you he's never going to leave you and so for some of you this morning that's the first step you need to take it's to come to jesus To come and say, you know what, I have sin in my life. And I'm going to trust Jesus and Jesus alone to forgive me today. And I'm going to start following Him as my Lord and Savior. In a moment when we sing, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you just to come right to me and say, Hey, look, I I need Jesus as my Savior. I'm going to pray with you, and then I'm going to introduce you to one of the couples that's going to be standing down here. And then they're going to take you into a private room where they can talk with you and, and pray for you and answer questions you might have and just help you take that next step of faith. But maybe for some of you, there's just another burden on your heart today on, on, that you've brought in. You say, hey, you know what, I want to pray. You can come pray with one of us. You can come pray at the steps here. Whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do, whatever He's brought up to your mind and your heart today, you take action on that. So let's pray together. Father, thank You that You give us the Holy Spirit. Lord, how desperate we need Him every moment. Lord, He is truth. And we need to know truth. He teaches us what is sin. And we need to know what to stay away from. He points us to Jesus, the one we need to know for the forgiveness of our sin. But Father, I thank you that as we go into this week and we have to forgive people for wrongs they've done against us. Father, maybe there's times we need to repent of sins we've done. Maybe there's a situation that's too big for us to bear right now, decisions that have to be made or or family issues, whatever they are. That the Holy Spirit's there. He's comforting. He's helping. He's advocating. He's the one that you have sent to counsel us. Thank you, Father, that when we come to Jesus Christ as our Savior, you don't leave us as orphans. We're adopted into your family as sons and daughters of the King. And that you've not left us alone now to figure out this Christian life, but you've sent the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray as we sing... We do what the Holy Spirit does. We honor and we glorify Christ. And we want to lift Him up this morning in praise and thanking Him uh, for what He has done in our salvation. So Lord, we pray as we sing, Lord, that You'll lead those to pray to pray, whether it's at their seat or down front, for maybe that person to take that step of faith today and say, I'm ready to follow Jesus. Whatever that decision is today, Lord, we want to honor You with it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have live groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org.